You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Welcome to Make Liberty Great Again, the best damn liberty podcast that you've never heard of. I'll be your guide as we peer into the ridiculous reality that is our society and our government. Let's get to it. Welcome to Make Liberty Great Again. I'm your host, Cam Harless, and with me today is Ryan Burgett of Techno Agorist fame, as well as the co-host of the MLGA Network original show, Thank You for Your Servers, Pool Owner, Dog Thief, Fighter of Diarrhea, and Make Liberty Great Again's Boomer in Residence, Mr. Gary Guthrie. Hi, everybody. How you doing? How you doing, Gary? Hi, Gary. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> what happened to your face, dude? Well, a couple of weeks ago, Seriously. I was riding my bike to work and uh, the wheels kind of just slipped out from under me and uh, fell on the ground, face planted into the cement and uh, landed myself in the emergency room. So that was a lot of fun. So you had COVID? I, I Yes, I had COVID. <laughs> I died too. You actually kind of look like the uh, the the lead character in the video game God of War, Kratos. I'll take your word for it. I, I mean, a, a boomer version, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, my video games are just a doom guy. That's about as late as I go, really, to be honest. Space Invaders, Pac-Man. Pong. Well, I yeah, yeah. Pong, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking the later days. That's what but, those kids uh, are playing these days. Oh, yeah. Pac-Man. Did you have the first Atari or not? I still have my first Atari. Yes. And it works. <laughs> wow. They're selling a new one, right? They, they, they're they releasing a new version of Atari and it's like $500 or something. Yeah, it's I can't get my head wrapped around it because it's all just built in and you just select what game you want instead of having to go get the cartridge and, you know, blow on it. It doesn't count. It doesn't. Yeah. I mean, they can just put all this stuff on a chip basically these days mm -hmm. and they just release these microcomputers and call them, you know, these classic consoles. But it's not a console. It's not. There's nothing Atari. No, about it. I mean, <laughs> it kind of looks sort of like a tribute to it, but that's about it. Well, and it has like you can play your PC games on it or something like that as well. So it's kind of just a PC for your yeah, living room. It's it's <laughs> really not. It's not the old experience. I mean, the old experience was always, you know, you had to put the power cord in it and then you had to like prop something under it so that it kept it at the right angle to keep the contact, <laughs> you know, so that you don't lose your your DC power because it was a, a transformer at the socket that uh, changed it over for you. And, and you had to pick between channel three and four on the TV. And they didn't give you this experience on the new box? Yeah, I know. It's it's really... These kids don't understand what they're missing out on. Well, it's like <laughs> my kids want a Switch, which is the new the newest version of Nintendo. Right. And it's like, yeah, that's <laughs> great. You know, Game Boys, I think, have like the... Maybe not at first, but when my mom bought one, I think it was about $100 back then. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I know that, you know, inflation. But yeah, I mean, I don't think she paid that much for it. These days, the switches are like $400 or yeah, something. Yeah, it's a lot of money. And I'm like, I'm not going to get one each for my kids. That's No. That's insane. No. Like, you know what? Get a stick and a ball. I mean, go old school. Yeah. Go outside and get hurt. Right. Go get dirty. <laughs> Fall on your face. 
Climb something. Yeah. yeah. Ride a bike. Just destroy your whole face. Exactly. We live in these bizarre times where phones now cost twelve hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and that just is disgusting in my opinion like what the heck are we paying that much for a freaking phone but if your phone the little the little stupid computer you keep in your pocket for talking with people like if that's going to be 1200 bucks then i mean if you can get a whole game system for 400 bucks using that scale it seems reasonable i suppose a handheld one though i just i can't wrap my head around a kid having his own switch that costs that much like i just like i'd much rather find an old game boy and buy him that be like here take this old thing go but i thought you said the switch was their new console it's their new console slash handheld device so it's like two and one yeah you can you can cast it to the tv and uh or or send it through hdmi or something i don't know do they not have a tv standard you know box anymore I think it, it it's the this mobile version of a console, and I've seen most people that I've seen play them. Well, obviously, if I see them play them, it's going to be handheld and not at home. But well, yeah, I've seen people with the little things, but yeah. I thought it was connected to a TV. Yeah, it, it's that's their Game Boy now. At least that's my understanding. I could be wrong. I am a millennial after all. Is that my shtick on your show? I just come here and ask questions. <laughs> Like, I'm the guy who doesn't know what's going on. No, the shtick is when we, me and Gary, talk about something, and you don't know what it is, and you frantically Google it while we talk about it. Oh, that'll be fun. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll look up a, a Wii now, or a <laughs> DS. <laughs> so, Gary, you were on our technology show, our tech news show. Uh, why? Well, okay, well, I work in IT. I work in data security and infrastructure, um, so... I'm hooked in just to pay my bills <laughs> to start. And, you know, it's one of those things that it's a topic that doesn't get a lot of attention, particularly from a Liberty perspective, I think. Yeah. Um, I think the people don't really, I mean, they see technology as a, uh, a tool, but not necessarily see the, the cultural implications of it or the, uh, the political implications of it or, or uh, whatever the liberty it position i guess if you want to put it that way yeah i mean i it <laughs> you know a lot of it's very cut and dry but there's a lot of subtlety to it that i think that people are missing out on and that that's the piece that kind of interests me um more than just the bits and bytes and making things work so well the data security that definitely or that aspect of it especially has to do with uh privacy and personal liberty and like in my in my book, that's inseparable. Yeah, it really is, and uh, you know, it's it's a hard place to be sometimes because there's a lot of regulation, there's a lot of controls, and a lot of you know policy and procedure. A lot of that's driven not necessarily by government; it's more driven by um, industry and best practices, and you know, um, basically companies like Experian coming down saying you will do this or you will not do business with us, kind of thing, which. I can yeah. Eh, yick yeah, but at the same time, it's it's a private company, you know, making their rules for how they want to interact with me. So in your last thank you for your servers, you were talking about what was it driver's license data you guys are mining or something? Oh, not mining, no, no. So my company is uh, I deal in uh, auto finance, so we deal directly with the car dealerships and. Um, one of the big things that they're dealing with, one of their struggles 
is uh, consumer fraud and uh, stealing cars off of their lots under the uh, pretense that they're buying the car, right? And uh, we're developing tools that help to prevent that because ultimately, I mean, it's like any industry, you know, when a dealership suffers a loss or a manufacturer suffers a loss, we all pay for it, right? So this helps them to, uh, to identify the fraud before it happens. Um, we've actually had, because of our tool that we've put together, uh, several arrests made of people using fraudulent driver's licenses to try to buy cars. Um, so it, it's an effective uh, protection for the businesses, as well as identifying potential identity theft where uh, hmm. someone may have stolen a barcode from the back of somebody's driver's license and slapped it on their own picture kind of thing. I definitely, when it comes to technology, I do think that that's the clearest and quickest path that we have towards freedom in general, because, you know, the government has a hard time keeping up with innovation, period. Like, how many years did it take for them to figure out how to backdoor all of these different things? Like, how did they, how did they, how long did it take before they shut down the Silk Road and destroyed Ross Ulbricht's life? Like, they're slow. Right. They get there eventually. Like, right now, I think probably one of the more disturbing things that I've seen is, uh, did you hear about the Twitter um bitcoin scam that happened the other day <laughs> no i haven't i haven't heard of this one okay so on twitter uh someone found a way to either social engineer or uh i haven't looked too deeply in how they did it but they they either social engineered their way into a bunch of very high profile verified accounts and they either did it through a twitter employee or in some other way but this person got on to uh, Elon Musk, Barack Obama, and several other verified Twitter Bill accounts. Bill Gates? Was he one of them? I'm not yeah, sure. A lot of them. I didn't read the whole list. But he, he got onto their Twitter accounts and told them, hey, I'm feeling very generous today. If you send any, any amount of Bitcoin to this address. Zero to 15 Bitcoin. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I will take it. I will double it and send it back to you. What? And people did. And it. people buy this. And this is part of the culture thing that I talk about, right? It's like they also wear masks when they leave the house. I mean, I mean come on. In this day and age, <laughs> really, you're going to believe. I don't care if it comes from a verified account, right? It, it, yeah, I'm going to give you something. You're going to give me double it back. I mean, people just. Yeah, seriously. I mean, this is the cultural thing, right? So, in when I, I work in data security, like I said, and in my company, one of my biggest challenges is making sure that everybody kind of values that data security and that they understand what to look for and what are the red flags, right? And every time I hear stuff like this, it just kills me because it, it's so obvious to even the lowest levels of my employees at my company that this is not real. But I mean, I guess people buy it. And you'd think, you'd think someone who owns Bitcoin would go, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to send it to you, some unverified exactly. wallet that I don't know. Yeah, you're not, you're not getting grandma Martha, you know, next door. <laughs> yeah, no, if you follow the cryptocurrency subreddits, these people, most of them are just these, these practically the children. They have no really? idea what they're doing with anything. Yeah, they, they have some and they hold on to it. And it, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. The questions they ask, they, they hurt. 
So, so Twitter responded to this by making it so that no verified accounts could tweet for a certain <laughs> period of time while they tried to crack down on things. Brilliant. Which I won't I won't say who, but I did tweet proxy for a verified account during that time period. It's Hillary Clinton. <laughs> it was Hillary Clinton. I I tweeted for uh I tweeted for Hillary. Um, yeah. But yeah, so they were shut. They shut down all of the healthy people because of a few sick accounts. That sounds like gun control. Sounds like COVID <laughs> control. <laughs> Putting all the healthy people in quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. It just sounds. It, it just sounds like some run-of-the-mill opportunist scam. Just high level, and it, uh, apparently some of the little things that were let out while they were while Twitter was looking into it was like Twitter employees had the ability to like blacklist certain people from trending which is something that that they didn't know about but people didn't know that that was even an option before right. there'd been talk about it but it'd never been proven conservatives have assumed that for a while yeah 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 but there were actually actual screenshots showing that they could blacklist people from trending really it's like oh wow that's that's fun. well of course the the response to that is going to be you know well it's a you know it's a company they can do whatever they want <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so imagine that with the upper and lowercase <laughs> letters throughout, right? So SpongeBob meme. It's called private tyranny. <laughs> it doesn't make a difference, like whether you're public or private. The public, the government, they're a private organization. Yeah, at some point you reach a, a critical mass where I think there's a, you know, you, you cross a line and it, it's no longer a private decision at that point. It's a, you know, the impacts are socially widespread. I mean, I get most of my news, like real news off of Twitter now, because corporate press is awful. Oh, yeah. You can't just go to CNN or these regular sites. So Twitter is very important for me to find news as quickly as possible. Yeah. So then being able to blacklist that, not good. The way the market works is people making their will heard. So anytime you have somebody who criticizes a private company... You know, I say, Facebook, how dare you do this? Or Twitter, that's disgusting. Or YouTube. And people say, eh, it's a private company. How do they think, how does that libertarian per person think the market works? It works by you making your opinion known. When we say Twitter, that's disgusting. Or YouTube, that's awful. Or Facebook, what are you doing? We're making our voices heard. We're doing exactly what the market should do. Right. It's anti-libertarian to say that you shouldn't criticize a company because they're private. No. No, no, you should criticize, if you don't criticize them. That's then nothing will exactly. That's the way the market works. Yeah. That's the whole point. Make your own Twitter, Ryan. Come on. <laughs> you know how this works. Yeah, Thaddeus and I have been down that road a couple times. <laughs> All the alternatives stink. <laughs> they do. And one of the newest alternative that's come up that I haven't joined for multiple reasons Ugh. is Parlor. It's a and joke. it's so funny. I, I've been talking to different people and they were like, oh, did you hear that in the terms of service, if you sign them, you could actually get in legal trouble? Or if you want to DM someone, you have to provide a copy of your um, driver's license or some ID in order to do it. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm like, yeah, those things are bad. But I'm like 98% sure that Parler is just the federal government's little holding tank for dissidents so they know where everyone is and what they're doing and now has pictures of their driver's licenses? Uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, it, here's the thing. You know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist necessarily, but I, I think, <laughs> okay, I've got my own crazy ideas, but it, the bottom line is, you know, that what, what gets me is when people hear you say stuff like that and they're, oh, you're just a conspiracy, you know, blah, 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 blah. What they don't realize is 
we, we've got how many people running the federal government? 435, 500 and four, whatever it is, right? One of those yeah. people or two of those people, know. if these thoughts, if you, if you believe that these thoughts aren't going through at least a few of those people's heads, you're an idiot, right? Even if they're not acting on it, yeah. even if they're not actively creating some sort of fake social media thing to keep an eye on the dissidents, whatever. If you believe that those thoughts aren't going through their heads, you're a moron, right? Well, yeah, I'm just <laughs> saying it, it may not be a concerted conspiracy. I'm just saying if there is a place where everyone is going, Gab, Parlor, etc., that are all of the thought criminals and everyone's heading there for freedom, and it's very well known that that's what it's for, I don't really want to go there. Because I feel like there are going to be more eyes there than there could oh, ever sure. be on Facebook or Twitter. Sure. You know, it's like, you know, that is, again, that is, and I've talked about this in the past too, you know, when, as, as soon as you start shutting people down and shutting down, you know, silencing people, what ends up happening? They back off into their corners, right? They become a caged animal, right? That was a really good conversation you guys recently had about that. Thank you. And, and, um, you know, what happens when you back an animal into the corner? Either one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to concentrate them in one place and you're going to strengthen them or you're going to push them into a place where they fight back and cause a problem, right? This is why we have freedom of speech, theoretically, right? Where ideas can be shared and spoken about. And debated and beaten. Without fear of retaliation let people be racists, you know, let people be you know, sexist or whatever, you know, let the cake shop not make the cake. Right. These right. are the things that help us grow as a society, not trying to engineer it to a point where you're, you're backing everybody into a corner. Well, and it's never going to work. I mean, look at in the, uh, what the fifties and sixties, the busing, look at the, um, what was it? The the quotas that they had for hiring a certain number of black people back in the day that gave rise to David Duke having a bigger following than he right. had previously because people were losing their jobs due to racial quotas. Right. And then suddenly David Duke is out there being the, the idiot he is and taking advantage, being a smart idiot who took advantage of the situation to gain followers. Right. We need speech to fight speech. And this has been like something that's come up several times on my show recently. Black people in speech. <laughs> well, you're talking about, yeah, you're talking about other times when you're talking and you're not quoting Joe Jorgenstern verbatim, right? <laughs> well, that point that she made in 1996 was on freaking point. How many other videos of, of Joe do you watch, man? Are, are you with her? That is legitimately <laughs> the only video I've watched with Joe Jorgensen in it. Because I found the video and I went, you know, if someone put this video out there and played it right with the correct framing, the left, the lefties would blow a gasket. So I've sat on it, but it's out there. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, what do you think of Joe? Are you with Joe? <laughs> um, here's the, here's what he's actually asking. Are you a fucking statist, Gary? Are you a? I mean, cuck? I feel, I feel, I feel backed into. Do you a hate yourself? Here. Yes, I, I do. Clearly, I. You know, <laughs> if if I were to pick one, here's here's the thing. You know, lately, my <laughs> my take on who you support as president or whatever, you know, 
it only does one bit of real good. And that is to start some sort of communication, right? So if I come out and say, oh yeah, well, I'm a full on Joe Jorgensen supporter. Well, I mean, shit, I voted for Gary Johnson, you know, why not? I live in California. My vote doesn't even matter anyway. So, you know. Vote for Kanye. I might. I might. <laughs> I don't know. If I was registered to vote, yeah, I might consider voting for him just just as a middle finger to everybody else. I don't know. You know, I uh, as far as who do I support, you know what? The presidential election, it's so meaningless to me, honestly. You know, I care more about my my city council member who can actually make me paint my house a different color than who's sitting in the White House, to be honest. Really, you care more about your dog than you do about your city council members. You care more about your your pool <laughs> than your than politics when it comes down to it. Thankfully, there's no diarrhea in my pool, so good to know. That's the title. That's the cover photo cam for this episode. <laughs> Just diarrhea in a pool. Yes, yeah, the diarrhea sign. <laughs> yeah, thank you, state of California. So, speaking of California, yeah. Yeah, so have you ever been to Bohemian Grove? Bohemian, have you ever done any sacrifices there? Bohemian Grove? I don't even know what that is. What is that? Bohemian Grove? Now you're playing dumb? That's where the uh, all the powerful elites go out and uh, cut people open. and Outside of San Francisco, man. Oh, dude, San Francisco's a different... Where they get in their hoods and they and they have these these, you know, human sacrifices and crap. Alex Jones broke in there one time. It was fascinating. Man, I'm Southern California. Here we have Black Star Canyon, man. That's, you know, you want to talk about that stuff. Black Star Canyon's where it's at down here. Well, I mean, you're you're in California. So I, I'm curious, uh, which celebrity are you most looking forward to be outed as a pedophile? Ooh, ooh, that's a very good question. Um, For me, it's Tom Hanks. I mean, I, I'll say that every time. Yeah, Tom Hanks. yeah. Nah. I actually kind of like him some somewhat. Not sure about his latest work, but he's sucked for at least fifteen years. Uh, who would I want outed as a pedophile? <laughs> yeah, this is a really <laughs> that is a really really good question. Think hard. Oh, I I know David Faustino. Yeah, let's let's put him out there. I don't. Who's that? I, I hate him. David Faustino, <laughs> uh, Bud Bundy from uh, Married with Children. There's the Google. David Faustino. Faustino, yeah. He's Bud Bundy. Some guy on Fox? He's on Married with Born Children. Born in 1974? Yeah. He's an actor, rapper, and radio personality. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Lock him up. <laughs> I don't want him around. I met, I had the pleasure of meeting him in his uh, entourage. Is it because he's a rapper? Do you hate? Do you hate rappers? No, no. I met him in his entourage when I was working at the amusement park here, and he was just a dick. Oh, I lied. It's not Tom Hanks for me. It's Sean Astin. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Should have seen that one coming. Oh, man. I can't believe I haven't thought of this. Wow. Yep. Sean Astin. That's my answer. Yep. He dropped my motorcycle. Only a pedophile would treat your motorcycle <laughs> like that. No, he didn't drop it. Remember? He told you. It's your baby. <laughs> Yeah, he pretended it didn't happen. So obviously the scratches just showed up magically. Yeah. Like the diarrhea in your pool. Hey, I have a magic sign. It protects me <laughs> and the pool. 
state of California said, as long as you have this sign, you're diarrhea free. So, <laughs> Ryan, who do you want to see outed as a pedophile the most? Uh, I can't answer that. <laughs> That's a horrible <laughs> question. <laughs> I don't want any of them to be pedophiles because I don't want there to be pedophiles. Okay. Do I think they <laughs> almost all are? Yes. But who would you see outed as a pedophile and go, yeah, I'm glad that person's out of circulation? Uh, I don't like that one either. Let me just say I would not at all be surprised to hear about Ellen or somebody finding out, ooh, they're in something in trouble. But yeah. yeah I, I, would, I wouldn't question just about anyone at this point. That lady weirds me out. But yeah, Ellen, Oprah, wouldn't be surprised. Oprah would be a good one. Oprah's not all bad. <laughs> All right, but who who would you be saddest to find out is a pedophile? For me? Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon? <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Love Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I've always loved Kevin Bacon. I would have to say Keanu Reeves. Oh, that'd be sad. Oh. Uh, for me, Chris Pratt. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would, like, Chris Pratt would be a sad one. I'd be like, oh, no, there are no good ones out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Pratt, yeah, this symbol of everything good and right. So, what you're saying is that Keanu Reeves is your favorite pedophile? Um, I, I suppose that's one way of phrasing it. <laughs> Title of the episode: Gary's favorite pedophile. There you go. <laughs> uh, so, do you think that Jelaine Maxwell is going to live through her jail time? And do you think anything's going to be learned from this situation? Or do you think we're just going to have another low-key Epstein suicide? I'm just amazed and entertained to the hilt at how much attention there is to her being in danger there is. Um, as opposed to... Is she even in jail? Well, we don't even know now, right? Because, you know... Yeah, I mean... I'm not convinced she ever stepped foot in a jail. She was denied house arrest, right? So she has to be... She's she's in custody. I, I heard that they were moving her between cells and things to make sure she wasn't assassinated. Yeah, they're... they're <laughs> which is amazing. This is, see, this is what's hilarious to me is... Oh, yeah, Epstein... We're being manipulated. Yeah, Epstein killed himself, but this one... We better protect her <laughs> really good, because just in case... Yeah, right. It's all manipulation, man. I mean, come on. Any if if I see, you know, USA Today or something running a story about moving her around to hide her from assassins, I mean, come on. Like I'm not going to believe that for a second. Whatever whatever they're doing, I just I'm not even going to listen because I know it's BS. Well, and then, you know, yesterday there was the 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 federal judge doing the Deutsche Bank uh case who was Epstein case, right? Yeah, Deutsche Bank ex Epstein case and was um, her son was killed by somebody dressed as a FedEx driver and her husband was shot as well. And then that shooter was found dead later, supposedly from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. And, and people are like, oh, yeah, gun, it's gun violence. We need to rein this in. It's like, dude, if anyone buys that, that's just random gun violence <laughs> they, they may as well go on twitter and give me some bitcoin <laughs> i mean the suspect was found freaking dead as soon as i saw that on my phone i turned to him and went ah, yeah imagine that yeah like there's there's the surprise of the century yeah 
Yeah. Of course he was going to be found dead. Probably two gunshot wounds to the back of his head, self-inflicted. At least two, After yeah. he deposited the gun on the other side of the park. Yeah. Well, I mean, they did find his body chopped up in a freezer with the suicide note, so. Yeah, that he did Oh, himself. well, then clearly. Of course. Suicide, <laughs> yeah, obviously. Ob- obviously. COVID, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely COVID. <laughs> I, I love all of these old people that I keep seeing these stories. Some of them, I don't even know who they are. Okay, Gary is not that old, man. Well, I mean, he is, he's that old, but, uh, no, these different people that I see that I don't know the names of, or I can't remember them right now, who are in prison for different things. And they're all asking to leave prison because of coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And they, luckily they keep getting denied, but it's just so crazy to me to see everyone try to use this stupid virus to their advantage. Well, everybody's going to use it to their advantage. I mean it's it's the latest greatest thing right so well they'll keep all the drug offenders in there but what's her name the lady from full house who oh Lori <laughs> who took advantage of a loophole yeah yeah she's not leaving she ain't getting out <laughs> we'll keep her in there she'd be a good pedophile yeah well she may be a pedophile but at the same time that whole thing makes no sense to me at all like who cares if you go to a private or public college and spend a little extra to get your kid into the college. How is that offensive? You know what? It, it happens all the time anyway. I mean, if you look at any, any college, you walk on campus and they've got their library named after someone. And you're telling me that that person who donated the money <laughs> to get the library named after them didn't get some special favors for their kids down the road. Give me a break. Of course they did. Yeah. The person offered her and them that service. Who <laughs> was offering that to anybody who was willing to pay? Hey, if you pay extra, I'll make sure you gets in. But right, yeah, no, she's the most evil person in the world. And what's wrong with that? Why should I be offended by that? Why why should I be offended by someone having money or privilege? I'm not. I want to give my kids that same money and privilege if I can. What's the problem? Mm. It's just college. It's a it's a waste of time and money anyway. So well, even her daughter admitted that in that that one video that surfaced where she was in her dorm at USC, right? And she even said on the video, she's like, "Well, I'm just looking forward to the parties. I really don't care about school." You know, it was just it was straight up just a waste of time, like you said. But well, the one thing that I can understand is the person working their butt off to get really good SAT scores. You know, and then they, they just, they try so hard and they get it. And then some other person, you know, pays a little extra and someone just magically marks on their paper that they had those scores. I can understand why someone would be mad at that point, you know, because yeah. that the other person didn't invest the time and yet they supposedly have the same scores. Okay. That's fair, but it's not criminal. What she did wasn't criminal. I, I think exercising, f- I mean, fraud to do it. I mean, I don't know. Uh, it, if you're just giving money to the school and saying, okay, well, let my kid in, right? I have right. no issue with that. When it starts getting weird is when you're, you're playing the, like you said, Ryan, you know, you're, you're playing against the people who are actually trying to work legit at it. Then. Well, in that person, yeah. The person who wrote the wrong things, who did commit fraud, those are the, that's the only person who would be liable in that, can, in that situation. Right, right. Not the parent who took them up on the offer to, hey, if you pay this much, I'll get your kid in. I mean, do we even know how much they even knew they were doing? Or was it just, I don't pay know. me and I'll get the kid in? Honestly, I really don't even care. It's just... It, yeah, it's, me neither. 
<laughs> I don't either. But the one thing that I do care about is the fact that she doesn't belong to be in prison. Absolutely. Like, that's crazy. She didn't do anything criminal. Yeah, I just, I mean, yeah, I, I can understand trying to get your grades up to get into college, but it's not like we don't live in a time of absolute insane technology where all of this stuff can be done online and you can get the same education at the same school from home. I mean, there, right. there's, it's not like there are, there's a limit of how many bodies can do it anymore. So what's the point in getting pissed off? You can clearly take advantage of technology to make this. I mean, this is one thing that I think this whole crisis, this pandemic, right? If, if you want to call it that, this COVID-19 thing <laughs> is teaching us is we have a lot more capabilities at our disposal that we have never had the guts to try, right? We've never had the the motive to well it's not been profitable before right uh, not nearly as yeah, profitable that's true that's true but i mean it's there right and we're being forced to use it and and take advantage of it which forced eh, i wish it wasn't that way but you know my kids are doing a lot of school from home right now and it's working it's working great my son has to be at school for two classes for chemistry lab but you know that's a you don't have a choice there. But other than that, I mean, the, the other things also, and, you know, while we're on the topic, if you don't mind me blabbing about this, this is one thing that kind of touches me on this whole shutdown. It's brought a lot of light to a lot of regulation and a lot of laws that are just completely unnecessary and oh, give yeah. us and then add no value, you know. The uh, the laws against, for example, here we've got local ordinances, maybe it's state too, I don't know, where in order to buy liquor, you have to get out of your vehicle and do it. Well, they've laxed all that. And what has been the, the outcome? Nothing. I mean, there has yeah. been absolutely no negative outcome from saying, okay, guess what? You don't have to leave your car. You can get curbside pickup for liquor. It's fine, right? What is even the point of that? Because I guess if you don't get out of your car, you're more likely to drink it in your car, which is stupid. Is it so the cops can see you with your liquor getting into your car or something? What's the, I mean, I don't, I do not see the point of these like at all. I don't know, I but can't, I, I can't wrap my mind around it. Like why do <laughs> like if, if I go to a liquor store or to, or get beer at a place in Alabama, I know, I don't know about other places, but it had to be put into an opaque bag. So that why you couldn't see it. <laughs> I don't know. Why? These are weird. These are weird laws. You know, it, it, it goes back to the, like the crazy laws, right? We have laws on the book here in orange County. We have a law. And my daughter, my daughter brought this up. It is illegal in orange County, California to eat an orange in the bathtub. <laughs> Legit. I know that in, I, th I think it was in Alabama, there were two laws that I knew of. One, it was illegal and maybe even punishable by death to salt a train track. To assault a train track. No, no. Salt. Salt? Oh, salt. The condiment. <laughs> because apparently it can lead to trails de trains being derailed or something. Huh. And the other was you can't have an ice cream cone in your back pocket. Or something like that. And I was looking into this. Apparently, with that one, it was because some smart horse thieves found out that if they put an ice cream cone in their back pocket, they could walk 
and the horse would just follow them. And so they weren't stealing the horse. They were getting the horse far enough away. The horse did all the walking, and then they had a horse. Wow. Ah, in Trenton, New Jersey, you're not allowed to eat pickles on Sundays. The Trenton Pickle Ordinance, it was called. I mean, Why? You know, and you look at some of these, like these current ones, you know, you're you're not allowed to buy liquor unless you get out of your car. It's the same stuff, you know. They put all these laws on the books to address a symptom rather than to, you know, try to address a problem, you know. You can't breathe steam if it is flavored a certain way <laughs> right right oh darn that one pissed me off <laughs> well <laughs> can imagine because <laughs> they did that in when i was in pennsylvania they they decided that they you could they couldn't sell gas stations couldn't sell the e-cigarette vape vaporizers the flavors unless they were menthol or tobacco Ugh. because if it was fruit flavors then kids are gonna buy it but they won't buy the menthol or the tobacco, so problem they solved. They need it to taste gross so people will do cigarettes instead. Gotta gotta right. support big tobacco. Well, and that's the big thing. Too many taxes get paid by people buying lots and lots of cigarettes. So If you don't think that big tobacco has been working with the FDA to try to get these things off the market, you're crazy. Exactly. The state is so in bed with these people. Oh, yeah. In Allentown, they were building it. They were doing, you know, of course, all every city is like, we want to stop smoking, make all these laws against smoking. We're going to save people from themselves. And then Allentown, in order to finance a big public expansion they were doing there, they said, and we are going to finance it with the biggest cigarette warehouse anywhere. Wholesale <laughs> cigarettes, every cigarette, this big old warehouse of cigarettes. And that was how they were going to fund this expansion by putting this in and all the taxes from that would fund this expansion. It's like, don't tell me they don't have an incentive at that point to uh, keep people smoking. And don't of all those laws are just, you know, violent virtue signaling. Yeah, well, virtue signaling or regulatory capture or whatever you want to call it. Right. I mean, it's 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 big business leveraging the law to do what big business does. Well, I mean, in, in Pennsylvania, as well as in Alabama, there were, I don't know as much about Pennsylvania, I just know that they had some similar rules with the state selling the liquor and stuff like that. But in, in Alabama, we have what we like to lovingly refer to as sin taxes. I don't know if you guys have sin taxes or if you've ever heard of that phrase. It's called guilt and shame. <laughs> but these taxes are on cigarettes and alcohol. So when I was living in Birmingham and I moved, I actually moved down to lower Alabama and I would drive into Florida for work every day. And if I bought the same bottle of rum in Alabama, it was a $30 bottle of rum. If I bought the same thing in Pensacola, it was $22.99 mm -hmm. because of the sin taxes. Yep. Golly. You got to love these, these ways where they're like, oh, you know what we're going to do? We're going to raise taxes on something to talk people out of doing something. It's all to make money because, you know, it's like the old joke goes, you know, the, how, do, how does the joke go? It's uh, the Jews don't recognize Jesus as the Christ. The Muslims don't recognize something and Baptists don't recognize each other in the liquor store. <laughs> you know? Yep. It, 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 they're going to buy it. They're going to drink it. And the state is just going to make bank off of it and claim this moral high yep. ground on it. 
That's all it is. Just like with smoking. And it hurts the people that they're trying to, quote unquote, help with their reasoning for making the money, which is like, oh, well, you know, if we raise the taxes on cigarettes, people are going to buy less cigarettes and they're not going to smoke as much. I have known white trash people. I don't know if you know how this works, but if you raise taxes on cigarettes, they eat less food. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it hurts them because you know what is the wonderful thing about nicotine? It's hella addictive. And so people are much more likely to cut down on their eating than they are to cut down on their cigarette yep. smoking. So it hurts the poorest of us. Disagree with smoking, disagree with drinking, whatever. But these laws do nothing but hurt the lowest class. That's true. Period. 100%. There you go. Little little rant about cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, well, they hurt them. And then the same people who caused the hurt in the first place then turn around and use those people as justification for increased government this and government that. Look, these people can't pay for their kids. They can't pay for their kids food. Their kids are going to starve. We need public schools because they are the only meal of a day, you know, every day for all these children. I've heard that one so many times. Yeah. yeah, and people don't want to pay taxes. So instead of raising their taxes, what we'll do is we'll do a lottery. So it'll be totally voluntary. And these yeah. people who can't eat, who, who who can't really afford to smoke, are going to buy lottery tickets in hopes that they make enough, they win and have the money to do all the things they want to do while the government takes that money. Freaking and poor tax. People try to make it out to be that government spending on education has gone down and it's been cut, and there's so much less. And it goes up in real dollars and with inflation every year. Yeah, it does. Right. And yet they still pretend that they're not. We're not spending enough on education. Well, it's it's the big Bullshit. it's the big three: fire, police, and education. I mean, especially in an election year, right? Those are the three that are going to be getting all the attention. Oh, we're going to have to cut this. We're going to have to do that unless you vote for me, and then you know we'll be able to buy pencils. <laughs> These same people also believe that a thin strip of cloth on my face will make them not get the flu. So, you know, yeah. they're not thinking. If you can smell a fart through a comforter, <laughs> your mask is not going to protect you from coronavirus. Uh, yeah. I mean, not that I know how that works, but. <laughs> oh, come on. You've given your wife a Dutch oven. Cover the wagon, baby. <laughs> But yeah, like it's that's so interesting to me is how often the rhetoric works so well, despite everything, all the facts being contrary. Like if we raise taxes on cigarettes, people will smoke less and people believe that and vote for it. Mm -hmm. If we raise the price on on soda, then people will buy less. No, they buy more. Except they just buy more. They absolutely <laughs> buy more. And what I love is, you know, they always tag it too with, oh yeah, we're going to increase the taxes to pay for uh, anti-smoking programs or to pay for anti-drinking programs. And you, you and I know exactly where that money goes. It goes to the freaking pensions that they could never afford in the first place that they promised people back in the seventies. I mean, do these guys ever tell the truth about anything? Nope. I mean, come on. No, they don't. Yeah. They don't. I, I, it's all garbage. But you know what? Every Absolutely every word out of their mouth. I, I do believe that as, as much as, you know, there are those bad ones who are evil and are looking for ways to take advantage of it, there are some who... As in anyone in government. Every single one of them, including your stupid <laughs> city council. Mm. 
Except for Trump, Gary. Except for okay, Trump. You you have you have absolved. Thank you. We I got your back. Yes. <laughs> Dang it, you got it out of me. <laughs> I think there are true believers in the government. There absolutely are true believers. They're truly wrong, but they're true believers in the CIA and the FBI. Yet I think that a majority of the time True believers in the cops, Cam. <laughs> there, yes, there are definitely true believers in the cops, and usually those are the worst cops. Yeah. But all cops are pigs, especially your stupid uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck your uncle. That line always makes me chuckle. <laughs> your stupid uncle. Uh, but no, I mean, that's there are true believers in all parts of the government. There are people who think that they're patriots, that they're going to save the world, and they're going to save your life. Mm -hmm. There are people like that out there. But when it comes to politicians, very, very few people are able to make it through the reality of it, which is cronyist, which is you can make money if you vote this way instead of what your constituents say. Right. I mean, I don't hate everyone who enters the military. I've met a couple that I didn't like much more because I, I had a friend who joined the army and then he was a good kid and then he joined the army and he came back and he told me, he showed me this, this knife that he got, how he was so excited because he wanted to take it over to Afghanistan on his first tour and quote unquote stick it in some raghead's head. Oh my god. That's uh And then later on, after his first tour, he came back and I was like, Oh man, that really made me uncomfortable. You know, I don't like it when people talk about murdering people. Right. Um and he came back and he was like, Yeah, you know, in when you're in the army and you're you're driving through the streets and you're in a Humvee, you're not allowed to stop because of, uh, you know, improvised explosive devices. So, you know, sometimes there are kids who are walking across the street and, you know, sometimes you can't miss them. And he was like, one time I, I tried not to miss him. I sped up a little bit and he laughed. And I was like, oh, mm. man, you are not my friend anymore. No, ah, that's that's inhuman. You're, you have to be broken, man. But yeah. Like, but my point of that was there are a lot of people who join the military because they're true believers, because they believe what they've been taught their whole lives, that people in the army or in the Marines are heroes. They're there to protect our freedoms wherever they go and hide in Afghanistan or Iraq or whatever. Mm -hmm. Protect our freedoms from those kids playing in the street. I don't fault anyone, military, cops, politicians for being true believers and thinking that they are trying to help or to save people. However, I do take issue with their ignorance because they should know better after a certain point. Well, my, my biggest hero in the world was my grandfather. He fought, he was in the army in World War II, fought in the Philippines. Uh, he was wounded in combat three times and He's not my hero because he went and fought overseas. He's not my hero because he went and won the war for the country. He's my hero because he refused 100% to talk about it to us kids growing up. He never mentioned it. He never talked about it. He didn't want to even, he didn't even want to expose us to the memory of it at all. Hmm. And I only found out some of the details about what he did and what he, you know, how he served after he passed away from my uncle who was told not to talk to the kids about it at all. 
And, you know, he's my hero because he, he knew that it was ugly and he knew that it wasn't this whole, I'm saving the, the country from, you know, the Nazis or whatever. He knew it wasn't about that. And he didn't want to expose us to the ugliness that it was because, I mean, we were kids, you know, you can't handle that kind of stuff when you're kids. And, um, I'm really thankful that he didn't talk to us about it and that he didn't share his stories because they, not that he was, you know, running people over in a Humvee because it wasn't anything like that, but there were some horror stories and a lot of the politics of the war came out and, um, and just things that he felt were not really necessary to be mentioned, not necessarily needed to be talked about when there was fishing to be done and when there was hunting to be done and when there was time to spend with the kids watching football to be done. Well, and you know, I do think that there are heroes that came out of the military. I think that um, Desmond Doss is mm. a hero. That guy's I think that um what's what was what was that guy's name? Um Adam Kokesh. No. Um not that dork. <laughs> um uh, uh, Hugh Clowers Thompson Jr. He was the guy who effectively stopped the My Lai massacre. That man was mm, a hero. That guy. Like there are heroes that come out of it, but due to so many of our so much of our indoctrination as kids in this country, so much of what comes down from the media and what comes down from the schools leads people to believe that you're a hero. If you're Chris Kyle and you've picked off kids Mm -hmm. or you're Pat Tillman who stopped his NFL career to go kill people overseas and die for it yeah, and die in wars that do nothing for us and are not remotely justified or moral Mm-hmm. And these are the people that are held up. And so like there are absolutely good people who have been cops, who have been CIA or uh, NSA or military, but they're the they're the whistleblowers. The good guys are the whistleblowers. The mm-hmm. good guys, the good cops are the only good cop is one who resigns. Yeah, like that. Those are the people that we should say, hey, they stood up to injustice truly truly stood up to injustice and that's who we should mm-hmm. praise. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, your grandfather, he sounds like a cool guy. He was a really cool guy and he was the one who <laughs> he's a legend in our family. I won't go too much beyond that, but yeah, he, he just, he didn't want to, I, I honestly, I think a big part of it was he didn't want to remember it himself. He just wanted to get past it and forget about it because he knew how wrong a lot of it was. Yeah, I can't imagine being a person. I can't imagine killing another person. Mm-hmm. It it goes so against our nature as humans to yeah. kill people, period, but much less not out of pure defense. So I, I, I can't imagine having making myself live through something like that over and over again. I was at a friend's house the other day and uh, they had a little get together. So I'll probably die of COVID, you know, in the next week or so. But again, that aside. Yeah. Again, <laughs> I was talking to one guy and we were talking about bikes. Cause you know, I'd like to fall off of, them. I, yeah, you ought to try it sometime. It's pretty cool. 
<laughs> but Sean Aston did it off of mine, so I hope he's a pedophile. Okay, so you're you're covered. But no, I was talking to him and he was talking about how he wanted to buy an electric bike for his daughter who's off at college, but he 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 went on and he had had a few drinks in him and he went on about, oh yeah, but she has to secure that thing because I know they're a hot target. And I'll tell you something, if someone stole that thing from her, I would kill whoever did it. And I just went, ooh, it's a bike, dude. Ugh. I mean, really? <laughs> You're saying that to Cam? He would kill Sean Aston if he could. <laughs> well, I had the chance and I didn't. I, and I, I feel like I deserve praise for that because I did the right thing. I was the Desmond Doss in that moment. Well, if you find out he's a pedophile, then he'd, he won't be human anymore anyway. So then you'll be free and clear. That's true. There you go. Or a communist. But yeah, this guy kept going on and on. He mentioned it like four times and every time he kept getting more serious and I just kept getting more uncomfortable. So to your point, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, that that's not what I think of as an acceptable reason to kill a human being. There are very few acceptable reasons. Ryan would argue none, but there are very few that most people can wrap their heads around. It depends. Most sane people. Yeah. If we're talking about natural law, then there are very clear-cut times. But if we're talking about our ideal as Christians, then it, it that that yeah narrows to basically nothing. I mean, if you're pointing a knife at my throat and I don't have a choice, you're going down. Well, that goes back to natural law. Because if you're talking about natural law, you get what you deserve. Right. As in someone attacks your life, well, guess what? In, you then have the right to defend your life by taking their own if necessary. Exactly. That's yep. natural law. I'm just saying, no matter what, it's very narrow. It is narrow. For most sane human beings. Yeah. If it's not narrow, you've lost your humanity. And that's a scary place to be. So, Gary, is there anything uplifting and fun you'd like to talk about? Uplifting and fun? (laughs) Yeah. What's made you happy this week? My dog has made me very happy this week. Why? Because he's starting to poop solid, which is very, very positive. Yeah, because if you if you have it on the carpet or on the sidewalk, you don't want it to be liquid. We've had to walk him in the street because of it. We, we can't take him on the sidewalk so because you can't pick it up. I mean, you just end up just kind of moving it around. <laughs> put him in the pool. So Yeah, put him in the pool. No. <laughs> Fortunately, he doesn't like water. He doesn't. He won't go in the pool. He's fallen in a couple times by accident, and um, that's all it's taken to scare him of it. See, we got a puppy a couple of weeks ago, mm. and so where your dog's solid poops are making you happy, my dog's solid poops are making me very frustrated because he wants to do it everywhere. Mm. And also, his favorite thing is to find a puddle and make himself muddy at every time he goes outside. That's why you don't get dogs. They're such a lot of work. And for what return? Ours is an all-white husky, and a mud puddle is his favorite thing in the world. I, I hear you. Yep. Yep. Ours is a miniature Australian shepherd. And to, today he did it and got muddier than he ever has. And I was like, I'm not putting you in my tub. So I grabbed the hose. <laughs> I just, I washed that dog off and he was like very unhappy with me. Yeah. But you know what? You're going to act like a stupid animal. I'm going to treat you like a stupid animal. Right. Freaking dogs. So yeah, uplifting. Yeah, my dog's, <laughs> he's, he's an uplifting. Poops are solid. Yeah. Poops are solid. My, uh daughter and all my three kids are here back at home you know instead of being off at college which is nice to have them around thank you covid well covid and they've graduated too so <laughs> that's too. <it. laughs> can't blame so. everything on covid i guess well you can if you're the government <laughs> true <laughs> gary i have one last question for you for this episode 
and it's one I've stolen from Michael Malice, so make fun of me if you'd like. <laughs> but what is your favorite thing about me? My favorite thing about you? Uh, yes. Your beard. Oh, that's what everyone says. Is it? I must have a <laughs> shitty personality. You, well. <laughs> <laughs> he would have said your butt, but he didn't want to sound gay. Cam, I appreciate your your humor, your honesty, your openness, and your willingness to um, be an ass and be treated like an ass as we all treat each other in the funnest <laughs> way. So hopefully that's a little bit better of an answer. Probably the nicest one yet. My wife's favorite thing about me is also my beard. So, I mean, I just, you know, hmm. extra words help. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think paying for everything might do something, but you know. I mean, I'd say I like your motorcycle, but it's got all scratched up and stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> Freaking Sean Ast. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Sean Ast. Pedophile. I was so happy when, I was so happy when that pedophile died and, Stranger Things. <laughs> All right. So on that note, I will end this episode. <laughs> if you want to find Gary and Thaddeus's wonderful tech show, go to thankyouforyourservers.com or your favorite podcatcher. Type that crap in because I made up that name and I'm so proud of it, even though people mention how long it is. Gary, are you on Twitter? You are. You know, but I don't remember your Twitter I, name. I am. I, I'm still trying to figure it out, though. So my, my Twitter name as it stands is Liberty and Brews, B-R-E-W-S, because I brew my own beer. Um, that's one thing Thaddeus and I have in common that... Besides being black. Well, I'm only black from the waist down. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but yeah, Liberty and Brews uh, on Twitter I'm not very active yet. I'm st again, I'll figure it out one of these days, but you know, that's what I get for being old. I'm just hoping our techno agorist Ryan Burgett finally figures out Twitter as well. We'll see. <laughs> in that way, if you want to talk to Ryan for some reason, go to Twitter and type in techno agorist or Facebook or go to technoagorist.com or listen to everyone on mlganetwork.com. Type in this is MLGA for me and please send me money on Patreon. I, I like money. And no one gives me money for free, and I can't figure out why. Again, thank you so much for coming <laughs> on, Gary. We'll have to do it again, because this was just a fun conversation. Thanks for, for having me. Yeah, it was a blast. I requested on when I saw it was Gary. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to hang out with Gary. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and as always, dear listeners, stay sane. Yeah.